What's going on, Tradman listeners? Welcome back. Another exciting episode with my man, Jason. My man, Jason, is back in the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing, back man? in the house consistently. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you got to tell your job that this this work thing is getting in the way of our apostolate. We're, we're trying to save souls here, man. I'm going to be like, look, just send me the paycheck. And I'm going to do my podcast regularly. Okay? What was the scene from Fight Club where the guy's like, uh, I tell you what we'll do. I'll, I, you send me a check every month. And in return, I will not tell the, the world and the press about how crooked your company is. I don't even need to come into the office. I can do this job from home. <laughs> if, I had, if I had no morality or sense of, uh, um, what's the word of? of being a sellout. Like I didn't mm-hmm. care if I was a sellout. I could, I think anybody could really do that. <laughs> not, not, not that companies would do anything illegal or, or, or shady, but mm-hmm. yeah, you could, uh, you could get them in trouble with trade secrets and then you could be sued yourself. So, but I've, right. I've got a lawyer on my side. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but there's also blackmail laws. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. I could probably, you could probably get in trouble for blackmail type stuff. Um, speaking of which, uh, you know, my, uh, talking about needing a lawyer. So my neighbor, we woke up this morning and apparently somebody stole all his tires, put them on blocks and, and, you know, took what's, his tires. What's and going on out there in Cyprus, man? I don't know. And I live actually on a really quiet street in a good, good neighborhood, but it reminded, I, live in the, I live in the barrio, man. Nobody does that out here. Well, yeah, you probably got more people out at all times of the day than we do. I've got a bunch of retirees <laughs> on my street. Um, but it reminded me when I was in college, actually that happened to me twice. I came out to my truck and it was on it was on blocks. Oh, really? Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that was an interesting morning. And I it actually happened between five and five thirty, uh, they're saying this morning, but uh, you know, it, it it had me thinking, you know, not that not that I say it's worth it because really at the end of the day, you know, if somebody's in your house or, or whatever, it's, that's a different story, but like outside, you know, I know there's arguments made and you may correct me on this, but people make arguments. Well, if somebody's still in your trucky driveway, you have a right to, you know, potentially shoot and to kill them, to stop it. And I'm always like, and that discussion came up this morning. That that's, that's why I was thinking about it. Cause I was like, yeah, you might be legally able to, but is it are, are three thousand dollars really worth the fees and 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 attorney fees and stuff like that? Not not to mention if you do kill somebody, you're gonna have a natural reaction to that. You know, you you're you're gonna struggle because you took a life. Is it really worth three thousand dollars? Even I, if see, you I get would off? argue. See, we did an episode a, a couple episodes back called um, "The Fifth Commandment," and we got this was after the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, and we were talking about when it when you can legitimately um, take a human life and things like that in self defense. And I, like, you're right. You might you might be legally okay, especially in the state of Texas, going yeah. outside your home and using lethal force to defend your property. But I would make the argument as a Catholic that you have no moral justification to, to take a human life, to protect your truck. I, I that yeah, that's, yeah. that's me. I'm not. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I'm not going to disagree with you. That, that That's why I made the distinction. Now, if somebody's in your house, that's a different story. They got, you, they got to go. 
because you don't know what they're up to. It's not, it's not necessarily that you're defending goods. You're defending people. Whereas in your driveway, it's just an inanimate object that can easily, easily be replaced. Insured. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I mean, it sucks. It's a, it's a hassle and it's frustrating um, and, and whatnot, but yeah. Uh, and, I, and even in those situations where you can legitimately take a human life for self-defense or, or the defense of others that are in the immediate apprehension of death or serious bodily injury from an unjust aggressor. Yeah. It's still a horrible thing to have to do. I mean, it's, Absolutely. it's it, 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 it is a consequence of the fall, but for the fall, it would never happen. And it, so like when I, when I, when I saw people like after the Rittenhouse thing, and I, I'll go ahead and tell you from my perspective, it looked like Rittenhouse was in the right uh, to, to use lethal force to defend himself in that instance only God can judge and jo and God will judge Kyle Rittenhouse as he will right. judge us all. And so I, I submit obviously, obviously to his judgment, but um, when people were like spreading the memes around about how awesome it was that that happened and, and saying, you know, like, bye Felicia, you know, when the guy got killed or whatever, I, I thought that was um, very inappropriate because um you know, you might not like people. There might be people out there you think deserve to die. There are people out there I certainly think deserve to die. Yeah. But I am not the master of life and death, and 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 only God is. And death is a punishment for sin, and it's a horrible one at that. Yeah. No. No. I I agree with you. And yeah, I know me personally, good conscience. I couldn't do it. Like I said, outside my home, inside my home, different story. Um. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know how I got us off on that topic because that's not what the show is about. <laughs> Let's pray real quick. Let's do a prayer yeah. real quick. You want to do uh, the Vinny Sanctus Spiritus? I think so. Let's do that. Okay. And I'm gonna, oh, yeah, well, I should say, uh, everybody join along with us, but let's invoke the divine blessing. We can have a fruitful and edifying discussion. Short little episode tonight on a pretty cool topic that Jason kind of brought up. And so feel free to join along with us as we pray. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Vini Sancti Spiritus, reple tuora, corda fidelium, et tui amores in eis ignim acende. Imite Spiritum tuum et creabuntur. Et renovabis facem tere. Oremos. Deus qui corda fidelium, Sancti Spiritus, illustratione docuisti, da nobis iniorum, Spiritu recta sapere, et de eos semper consolatione gadere, per Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So, speaking of uh, the episode, but yeah, I, I came across this on Twitter the other day. It was it was about the effects of remote and retroactive intercessory prayer, which is which is a, I, I guess a topic that's not really talked about, at least in my circles you know, throughout my life. And, and I've never really considered it because we talk about God, right? Being an omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipresence God, right? He knows everything. He is everywhere. There's nothing in the future that is a secret to him. But sometimes I don't know that we apply that concept uh, to its truest sense, right? So sometimes we look back and we say, well, I'm going to, why would I pray for my grandpa, my friend or whatever? They died back 10, 20, 30 years ago. And the idea is, is, well, why can't you? Cause why can't God hear your prayers 
30 years later and rush, you know, use those prayers and, and, and give the person the graces at that time when they need them. Right. Uh, it, it, it's kind of like where we talk about the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I kind of view it is also kind of the same concept with the blessed Virgin Mary and the immaculate conception that, you know, God knew obviously what was going to happen in the future to Christ on the cross, that he was going to die for the sins of, of man. So God took that sacrifice and applied it to the Virgin Mary at her conception. Mm -hmm. Therefore she was without sin. I mean, hopefully I didn't mess up the theology in it, but that's the way that I understand it. I mean, is it, would you say that's a correct way to, yeah. Understand it? Yeah. That, that that that's my understanding. Yes. Yeah. So I, I came across this uh this study. It, it was actually attached to a Padre Pio quote, and I'll bring it up here real quick for you. Okay. Let's see. So here's the Twitter. It's a Padre uh, St. Padre Pio Twitter page. And it says, uh, can you can you see it? Yeah. So it says, uh, one day Padre Pio told his doctor, I am praying for the good death of my great-grandfather. The doctor said, but he died over 100 years ago. Padre Pio says, remember that for God, there is no past and no future. So God uh, made use at that time of the prayers I am saying now. Mm. And I just, mm. I, I was kind of blown away by, uh, by that. And ironically enough, there's a study on this that was done in uh, July of 2000 that actually had very favorable results for retroactive intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer. Hmm. I, I, yeah, I've never really, I can't say that I've ever, I mean, I prayed for the, the dead, uh, for the repose of, of, of the souls of my relatives and ancestors and things like that but I can't say that I've ever prayed for like specific, like intercessory prayers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I haven't either until I came across this. Cause this was to me, this was kind of um, really eye opening and, and really, I mean, it kind of gave me a lot of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It built me up. Right. It, okay. It, 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 it made me, you know, excited because why can't I pray for somebody in the past? And, you know, me, me and my wife were talking. We, we kind of took this to just, uh, you know, a, a discussion of what ifs, right? So we, we were talking about a few things, and then we started saying, wouldn't that be crazy that if, say, our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren or whatever prayed that me and my wife had a happy death, right? They're like, oh, because hopefully they're all Catholic going forward, right? Right. They so so maybe in a hundred years our grandkids or great grandkids they say, you know what? Let's pray for Grandpa and Grandma. Let's pray that they had a happy death. But in order for us to have that happy death, we had to die a member of the Catholic Church, right? We had to die in the body of Christ mm. with 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 the the hope of going to heaven. So God retroactively took those prayers, gave us the graces that we needed. To, uh, that we need today and even at our conversion in 2018 he gave us those graces and the opportunities to bring us into the church and we were like i mean that's something you can never prove and sure and it, and it may never happen but it's just it's humbling to think that our prayers can help our ancestors and our our future generations if god permits the world to go that long 
can be praying for us. It's just, it, it, it just brings a whole new understanding of the communion of saints to me. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I As you were sitting here talking, I was thinking about the communion of the saints, but not only the communion of the saints, I was thinking about Christ on Calvary. You know, when, when Christ was hanging on the cross and he looked up, and he looked or he or he looked out he yeah. didn't just see, he didn't just see the people that were there, gathered around him as he was being crucified he saw me at every mass i've ever been to he saw you at every mass he could see you sitting in the pews right there on the cross mm-hmm. because you're there you are there mystically but but truly present at calvary when you are at the holy sacrifice of the mass and <laughs> Not only that, but when when the priest announces the words of, of consecration and Christ is truly made present on the altar, because like you said, there for, for God exists beyond time and space, that means that you and I are present at the instant of creation itself. So and 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 this 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 is uh this is also a a a, a a a biblical thing because it, Christ says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you." Right. We existed in the mind of God for eternity before even our our physical creations. So, yeah, uh, yeah this is very profound stuff, yeah. and I, you know, I, I, you could meditate on this on the on the reality of that probably for the rest of your life and never, yeah, exhaust its true. And and Holy Scripture tells us that before the foundations of the world, God already knew how salvation history was going to play out. He knew that his son was going to come and die for man's sins, right? And it's just, it, it, like I said, we all, like most Christians at least, understand that God is, you know, he knows all things, right? But I think sometimes, and I've been guilty of it myself, we try to bind God into a box of time and say, well, that happened in the past. That doesn't, it doesn't make sense to us because mm-hmm. we're limited in our knowledge and scope of how things work. God is not bound by anything, right? Like right. he's not bound by time. He's not. Bound. And so I have actually in my nightly prayers before bed, I have started to pray for my grandpa and my mother. Now what I, what I specifically pray is that they, had the opportunity for a happy death, right? Because uh, my grandpa was a great person. He he died outside the Catholic Church. My mom uh, definitely wasn't Catholic, wasn't religious in any sense, and whatnot. And I won't get into the details of of all that, but I mean, statistically, yeah, I I I've come to accept the fact that you know their rea- their reality may not be great, right? A- after death. But I can still pray for them because there's no harm in praying for them. If 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 it doesn't change anything, it doesn't change anything. But if it does, great, you know. Yeah, I mean, the thing I think about when I, especially when we talk about like the um, the death of our of our um, non-Catholic relatives or those who die outside the grace of the church, the church is always taught that we can commend and that we should commend the soul of every dying person into the mercy of almighty God. Because as we talked about in our episode with uh, Michael Lofton, if it, if it, the Catholic church 
is the way that God has revealed salvation to us. There is no other method of salvation known to me right. or known to you than the Catholic Church. But if there, but if there is a way that God can save people that is known only to Him, then we would we would. I mean, God is not bound by the sacraments; we are bound by the sacraments. Yeah. So that, you know, like we look at, um, it is necessary to be in the Catholic church in order to be saved. Well, where does the necessity lie? There yeah. is no necessity towards, to, to, there is no necessity for God. God is the only fully sufficient being. Yeah. We are not fully sufficient. We have necessities. And so therefore the necessity is with us. So yeah, it's, 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 it's totally appropriate to uh, retroactively pray for the good death and salvation of of, of all people who, who have died. In fact, that's what we're, the church admonishes us to do. Yeah. And you know, I, we're not, and I'm think I safely speak for you as well. We're not saying that we believe in universalism or that we dare hope that hell is empty and stuff like that. Because I don't think that that's the re that will be the reality based on the words of our Lord and, and tradition, the tradition of the church with that said, I think it might have been St. Padre Pio, but but I remember reading a saint that said, you know, they they had heard stories or, or whatever or knew of a person or, or whatnot that right at the moment of their death, Christ gave them an opportunity to to repent and to, you know, um, an opportunity to to die within the body of Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, goes back to what you're saying. I don't know if that happens. I don't know if that's true. Well, look but, at the good look at the good thief, Saint Dismas. Yeah, I mean that, that Saint Dismas was a thief. He was not a member of the of the um, well that the, the church necessarily had not been. It was it was still a, a band of apostles and 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 our Lord, but he he was not a member of the group, mm -hmm. and and the, and his final moments, he turned to our Lord and he said. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yeah. And our Lord said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Our Lord saved him right there. Yeah, um, God, yeah, because he can, Jesus, I mean, he's God. He can do what he wants, <laughs> you know? And he's the, he's, he's the judge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, when I, when people ask me, like, do I think hell is empty? I, I would always say, uh, man, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the words of scripture and the, and, and the, and the saints and things like that, and just, what you observe in the world around you can lead you to the conclusion that hell is probably not empty yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's not overflowing. But um, man, wouldn't like if you, at the end of time, if God showed you down, if, if you could peek down into hell and it were empty, would you be upset by that? I don't think I would be, but again, these are, I, I try not to like spend too much time thinking about what it's like to be God. I don't think that's a good <laughs> Because yeah. like sometimes people ask you, hey, do you think that the infant Jesus knew all the things that the adult Jesus did? What what like he's the infant Jesus is God? Could he speak all the different languages? And did he know everything that God does? And I and I go, don't. This is one thing I think that our Eastern brothers get right. Don't spend too much time thinking about what it's like to be the deity, because you are never going to be the yeah. deity. You don't need to. He's got it. God's got the God thing covered. You know, he doesn't need any help from you to figure that out. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and, some, and sometimes I think we 
get too far in the weeds. And you know, we it's, do. It's fun to especially to have, on this show. <laughs> it, it's fun to talk about the what ifs and get down in the weeds, but sometimes people take that too seriously. And at the end of the day, when you're in the weeds, you have to remember that when you're having these discussions, that the, that at the end of the day, God has given you everything necessary for salvation. And if that, what you're talking about, the what ifs, nobody really knows, and it's all just conjecture from every side and what ifs and whatnot. There's no reason to fight or argue about it because right. it, it, it makes no bearing on your on your eternity, right? Right. Um, right. I know that, like you said, we had, we had to do a short episode, but I did want to just go over some quick things on this study real quick, okay? Because I because I think we're really interesting. So, I mean, you can see the study here: um, the effects of ret uh, remote retroactive intercessory prayer on outcomes in patients with bloodstream infection, randomized controlled trial. So, how do I go down? I need to open that up. Hang on one second. Let me go back over here. Okay, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so. In the abstract, the objective was to determine whether remote retroactive intercessory prayer said for a group of patients with a bloodstream infection has an effect on outcomes. This was a double-blind parallel group randomized controlled trial of a retroactive intervention. The setting was University Hospital. There were 3,393 adult patients who had a bloodstream infection that was detected at the hospital between 1990 and 1996. Oh, I did go far enough down that. <clears throat> so some of the outcome measures that they were measuring was the mortality rates and the length of stay in the hospital along with the duration of fever. Now, the, the results uh, were it, it, within the mortality rate those that were in the uh, the control group, there was a 28% mortality rate versus the 30% in the intervention group. Um, but there was a but when you get to the length of stay in the hospital and the duration of fever, it says it was significantly shorter in the intervention group versus the control group. So you'll come down, and and like I said, we can leave a link to the study in the in the comment notes down here. Well, there was a, there was an important scan up real quick. Cause there's an important sentence. Okay. I think we ought to focus on, um, in the, um, Tell me uh, stop, stop. Um, in the conclusions, the conclusions here, remote retroactive intercessory prayer said for a group is associated with a shorter stay in the hospital and shorter duration of fever. I think that's important because I go back to our Lord's admonition that we shall not test the Lord, our God. We're not we're not applying science to to God here because mm -hmm. because that means that you know we can control what God does with our with, with our powers or something like that. That's not what we're saying here. Yeah. We're, but but and I think I I like the way that that's worded. Retroactive intercessory it doesn't say that retroactive intercessory prayer causes shorter yeah. stay in the hospital. It says it's associated. I, I think that's appropriate because ultimately, who our Lord grants a miracle to who he doesn't, who he allows to die when they allow, I mean, everyone will, will die, but yeah. when, when, when they, when they die, when they don't, that's up to him and him alone. And he doesn't need to explain anything to us. Right. The, ob the obligations run the other way. Well, and you'll see that theme throughout the report is 
the study as you read it. Like I said, I'm not going to read everything, but I highlighted a few points that, that we'll, put, I we'll was, put a link to it in the description of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. D- definitely go out and, and read it. Um, it's, it's just two pages. It's real short, but when you get down here to the introduction, I thought this was interesting because it goes back to what we were talking about as we cannot assume a priori that time is linear as we perceive it, or that God is limited by a linear time. As we are, the intervention was carried out four to ten years after the patient's infection and hospitalization. So, so then you go down here. Uh, like I said, just a couple more things. So, here. what's a good way to do this? Then, I mean, I, I, like, uh, well, I, I don't know what particular maladies my ancestors may have suffered from. So, what would what would be a good retroactive intercessory prayer to do? <laughs> You know, I'm not sure. I'm sure in this one, they, I don't know if they knew what the issue was or not. Um, I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and, and, and look, but it kind of talks about some of their, um, maybe, maybe this will answer some of your questions here in just in, in a second. Let's see results. Where, where am I going? Introduction methods. Oh, results. Okay. I didn't go far enough down. There we go. Results. Okay, so it says, like we said earlier, mortality was uh, 28% in the uh, in the control group. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I said that wrong earlier. Mortality was 28% in the intervention group and 30% in the control group. I'm sorry, I messed that up earlier. Basically, the, the group that was prayed for had a lower mortality rate than those that were not prayed for. Slightly lower. Yeah, admittedly. Yeah, and it says right here, uh, the length of stay in the hospital and duration of fever was significantly shorter in the intervention group. Now, here at the rest of it, this is where it kind of gets more into the the details of everything. Retroactive, uh, remote retroactive intercessory prayer was associated with a shorter stay in the hospital and a shorter duration of fever in patients with a bloodstream infection. Mortality was lower in the intervention group, but the difference between the groups was not significant. A larger study might have shown a significant reduction in mortality. And you go down, the very design of the study assured perfect blinding to patients and medical staff of allocation of patients and even the existence of the trial. Regrettab- I, I don't know why I thought this was funny, but regrettably, the very same design meant that it was not possible to obtain, to obtain the informed consent of the patients. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, and then the conclusion remote retroactive intercessory prayer can improve outcomes in patients with a bloodstream infection. This intervention is cost effective. Prob- <laughs> cost effective. It's very, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably has no adverse side effects and should be considered for clinical practice. So again, it, the study doesn't say like you were saying, it doesn't say, well, this is, mm. this is a surefire way, but there, but it's interesting that we have a study that shows favorable results for retroactive intercessory prayer. And like I said, I messed up in the beginning because again, the, the, the mortality rate, the duration of fever and, and length of stay in the hospital was lower in the intervention group versus the control group. And none of these people knew each other. Like, like I said, it was four to 10 years after these people, you know, had died or, or were out of the hospital, whatever the case may be. I'm going to, I'm going to pray that. Well, and see, you can't pray that like 
Like I know, I I know I broke my arm when I was seven years old. I'm going to pray that I don't break my arm when I'm seven years old. <laughs> I don't think that's quite how it works. And again, I, I I I caution here because this is a very you are not in now. This doesn't mean that you're now in control of who God heals and who He doesn't. Right. So you can't say okay. I'm going to change. I'm literally going to change history by well, I mean, that I don't break my arm when I'm seven years old. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. I think. At least that's not what I'm. No, no, no. I, I I think it's the same mindset that we basically have when we pray for somebody right now that we know is sick. We sure. pray that, that God will heal them. Why? I mean, you, you have the same mindset, the same humbleness that you prayed for somebody that's living now that you would with somebody that's already died. And again, whether it has an effect or not, only God knows. But why not? Because we have a study right here that shows favorable results in this practice. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And yeah. I think, you know, forget clinical practice. I think it's a good thing to do for your soul is to pray for, for others and, and even yeah. pray for you, pray for our ancestors and pray for, you know, maybe a good way to do this is to just say, let God's will be done. Yeah. I, because I, I can't think of, I, I don't know what my, my specific, maladies for my ancestors are or were but um i can i can definitely see saying you know that a prayer let god's will be done in that capacity you know yeah shows our shows our union with his divine will yeah yeah and it's always like that right that's how our prayer should always be no matter what we're praying for at the end of the day god's will be done absolutely because um as isaiah tells us god's ways are higher than ours you know, I sure hope so, man, because my ways are not, <laughs> they're not cutting it lately. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate you jumping on. I, like I said, I saw this and it just, I don't know, it just kind of sparked something inside me that uh, I was like, man, I really want to talk about this, even if, if only briefly. Um, we've got to, uh, we've got, we're going to sign out now because we got to get ahead, head over to trivia. Yeah. Uh, Jason, parting thoughts. Uh, pray for the living and the dead. Indeed. And remember, <laughs> life is hard, but it's harder when you don't pray the rosary. God bless everybody. God bless.